Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia, it's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bill's Mafia, welcome to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues. It's been a while, but we are back. And right around the corner, we have training camp. So we'll give you the Bill's news, reviews and all that with the UK Twist. Joined today by Robin, Mark. Good evening. Mark is uh, preoccupied at the moment. I think he's got a lot of hands in the um, in the pie of his personal life. So yeah. you've got uh, you've got the the best two. He's on here to defend himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said he was looking at look, looking at schools. I think thought he was a bit old for that. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's never too late to get an education, is it? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I think I was what. I have, well, I probably still could go back to school, to be honest. Yeah, isn't it? You never, you never, 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 never finish with learning, mate. No, I learn all the time. Learn yeah, all the time. So, and what we've got to learn about is is training camp. I mean, it's getting not really, closer. It's what? It's just it's around the corner, isn't it? It's twenty uh, week in a bit. Yeah, week in a bit. Today. So yeah. So yeah. what was that? The eighteenth. We probably start. should have done a research, wouldn't we? I thought it was the 22nd, but uh, yeah. Oh, I don't, I, yeah, this is this is where the uh, the long time of doing of, of going without the podcast is actually uh, is actually uh, fuck us over. <laughs> I think we get, I think we, I think we can agree it's very it's getting it's getting closer with every yes. with every passing day, which is again another um, uh, signifier that the season is getting closer. The uh, um, which, well, we are three and a bit weeks from the first preseason game. We are probably seven or eight weeks away from week one at the Jets on the Monday night. So, well, I think we were both wrong with the uh, with the training camp date. Who was closest? You. <laughs> there you go. What what day is it? Twenty sixth of July. Twenty sixth. Crikey. Okay, so July, two, weeks, yeah. two, two weeks yesterday, then we're recording this on Thursday, July 13th. So, yeah, yeah two weeks. And obviously, August the 4th, you've got the return of the red of the blue and red at Highmark Stadium. Yeah. I know people have got tickets for that, and that just makes me very, very sad. And Three weeks they, tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. And the one burning, the one burning days so you need to count down is 81 days. Yeah. 81 days till till London. Till and London, that's, uh, the London game. That's um that's Keyshawn Johnson days. Keyshawn Johnson yes. being number 81 for the um for the Bills until yeah. until London. Eight, eight, um, 80, 81 days until Bills fans will have been drunk for possibly 72 consecutive hours uh before the game as well. So yeah. I'd, I'd have been a lot longer than that. I don't know. It depends when you turn to any start. I was I was counting back from Thursday. I thought that was a pretty decent uh, effort. Uh, Seventy straight hours. Well, uh, I've got the I've got the Thursday with the the boat tour and bus um, bus party. Yeah, um, which I suspect people will be drinking. On, on the yeah, way. there's still there's still tickets available for that, and then I've got the whole weekender. Yeah, so which tickets. And people have been asking me this, so if you listen to this, haven't got your ticket, unfortunately, they're all sold out. 
Bad for people who haven't, but good for the good for the event. Yes, and we are hopefully planned to open up Sunday afternoon after the game, initially for ticket holders only. But after a certain date, after a certain time, it's a free for all for everyone. Mm-hmm. We're open, we've got the bar open till two a.m. Free for all is free for all of entry, not 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 free for all. Oh yeah, yeah, free for all for entry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not it's not that. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a classy kind of place. Yeah, it's, it's yes. It's none of that. Yeah. It's none of that. That's right out. But uh, yeah, you mean uh, entry to the establishment? Yeah. So it's gonna be good. But what we're here to talk about, we're here to talk about yes. training camp, and yeah. I think I put out on on Twitter um, the the positions or training camp battles that you're looking forward to to seeing or any concerns you have and a couple of people have actually put in there and we're going to start the first first segment off yeah is linebacker yes that it's going to be a camp watch that's going to be a camp watch for sure because we only know the only one we know that's safely starting is Matt Milano. Yeah, he, he he'd have to have a pretty catastrophic uh, uh, training camp to be in the uh, fifty-three, wouldn't he? He'd have to have a real shocker, wouldn't yeah. he, to uh, to go. That aside, yeah, it's it's at this at this time, it's it's Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dodson versus possibly Dorian Dorian Williams with. AJ Klein and Matakevich handing out towels and and you know giving yeah. giving supportive supportive arse slaps. Um, yeah, it looks like it looks like a, a three way battle. I'm gonna slightly undercut it by saying I have the funniest feeling that they'll probably de-emphasize the linebacker role. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they beef up the secondary. They maybe start mm. playing around with three safeties, two nickels, whatever you call it, dime packages, where they bring on yeah. two nickels, uh, play with a three safety look, play, bring like an extra D lineman on for that kind of thing, and and just play to to not have to put that much pressure on. Let Milano be Milano um, mm. and go in. That being said, you still have to have a second linebacker at the at the position. You still have to have the the mic. Um, so it will be interesting who who, who gets in. Um, do you want to make a prediction for who do you think will win? To be who honest, I mean, I've I've really had. I went on to another podcast, um, the Quick Snap podcast, and we were talking about this. We were talking about the whole AF. AFC East um, mm-hmm. on there. Then we've got to the Bills, and I, I actually kind of think I said don't rule out AJ Klein. Okay. For that middle linebacker spot. Yeah. Because when he when he substituted for for Tremaine Edmonds, yeah, he actually he was actually at times he was a little bit better, especially mm-hmm. the previous year before Edmonds had the little mini breakout last year. But when he did yeah. it previously. He actually, he actually was a solid, solid player. And as much as I could see people having him as a cut candidate or a trade candidate, hmm. you've got to have that experience on there. I mean, yeah, I think to start with, you're looking at Dodson will probably get 
get the start yeah overall because he's been with mcdermott pretty much since 2017 i think 2018 he's been yeah pretty much... he's, he's one of the longest oh, 2019. oh there you go okay 2019 i was two i was a couple of years out but he's been pretty much in the system longer than then Bernard, then Baylor Spector, then, in a sense, Matikiewicz, and possibly AJ Klein. Yeah. So he has a little bit more. He's a little bit more oomph compared to everyone else. A bit more familiarity. So, that's going to be, that's probably going to be your linebacker number MLB number one, inside linebacker okay. number one, to start camp. That's to start okay. camp. The one I'm more interested in, in seeing is Dorian Williams. Okay. Because people obviously saying that and all the so of all the scouts and everyone Bill Matthew were calling him more of an outside linebacker, off the ball linebacker. Yeah. But he has traits that can play inside. And he played a bit of inside at Tulane. Okay. So whether he can bring that to it and and he's he's athletic so you, if we're going to go focus more on the secondary bring more nickels and corners in mm-hmm. you want two guys they've got a bit of a bit of pace a bit of coverage ability so i could see dorian williams having a strong camp and making mm-hmm. a push for for the starting spot but i i, I just can't rule out aj klein to be honest it's it's interesting, AJ Klein, because it's that he, he seems to be one of the sort of high floor, low ceiling. If I've got that, if I've got that the right way round, he's a sort yeah. of solid, solid but slightly unspectacular sort of role. And if, as we say, or I, as I suggested, they might be de-emphasizing the role. Maybe what you want is a solid, dependable guy who can do a job, who won't necessarily mm. be flash who won't necessarily be a guy you can build around, but will be a guy that will clean up, um, do do that thing that, that, that he needs to be able to do. And, yeah, um, yeah, not necessarily win any awards, but be unfast. He won't make any mistakes either. So I guess it no, depends I... which way they want to go. Do they want to do something slightly different with the position and think about an outside linebacker, inside linebacker position? Or do you go for someone who's just sort of um, sufficient? Which points yeah. to possibly a Terrell Dobbs or an AJ Klein. Yeah, interesting. I think, I think someone did put it out on, on Twitter once. Um that the fact that we're going for defensive linemen and defensive backs and not really oh excuse me, investing in the linebacker, that you go for a uh what was it, a four one seven? Yes. With and then it brings me to Obviously, it brings us on to defensive backs. Is another one which is going to be an interesting, interesting one to see who comes, who is more the primary backup between Hyde and Poyer, both on the last years. Oh, but sorry, jumping to safety. Okay. Oh no, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm. It leads in, but I want to talk about one guy with that sort of with that talk on potential defensive um, formation. One guy, Taylor Rapp. Yes. Because he can do a bit of linebacker work mm-hmm. and safety work. Can he could be that that big nickel, that guy that yes. they put alongside 
um Teron Johnson. Yes. I but think that, I think you would be very smart indeed. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think what was it? Someone put I'd have to go through my whole my whole liked tweets on on Twitter. But I think they said, Can you imagine a thing until Von Miller's back of Leonard Floyd, Puna Ford, Ed Oliver, Greg Russo, Matt Milano, um, Trey White, Taylor Rapp, mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer, Taron Johnson, Mika Hyde, Kyrie Lamb, and what was that six? Did I say that's six, almost that's um, almost all. Yeah, I was so, I was waiting for you to mention the the CB two there, but yeah, yeah. Imagine those six or those eleven on your defense, and you have mm. Taylor Rapp playing that hybrid hybrid yeah. type role, that free role, that isn't it? Would, because yeah, and that would really that really um spice up this defense and we know McDermott is taking over full complete control of it yeah and it's going to be interesting to say the least on on how he actually does it because there's a lot of interchangeables in there yeah and I say you've got a lot of freedom as well isn't it if you can give Jake Rapp the the sort of the free freedom to roam you leave you 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 leave Poyer and Hyde where they are you have White and Elam as the corners and then you've got Taron Johnson. If you're going for a seven, you go, what, Taron Johnson, Jake Rapp is in a slightly free-floating role, and then maybe a, maybe a Dane Jackson, just with that extra extra bit of coverage. Leave, leave, Mila, leave Milano. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hope the, the pass rush can get home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's one of those things that you can really, you can really see. And we, we all thought fact that we lost Tremaine Edmonds that's pretty much the only big name we really lost on that defense yep apart and from money. that yeah obviously and money but apart from that the majority of those players apart from the draft picks and and our free agent signings were there last year yep so you've got that continuity and you've got a guy and obviously Leslie Frazier's gone He's not coming back. There was a lot no. of talk about him being fired or didn't have didn't get on with McDermott towards the end or anything like that. But he's got that jigsaw piece for that defense. Yeah, McDermott actually... started started life in in a defensive defensive backs coach as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of think that might be a way to sort of re- reshape things. I mean, I said this in the in the off season. I think McDermott, he's, he's obviously not going to run the defense by himself. He's got plenty of people. Yeah. He'll have plenty of people around him. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a sort of reset of the defense to to sort of lay down a blueprint of what he expects and then hand it off to 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 one of the assistant assistant coaches. Mm. Let's see if the, the cornerbacks coach may be or the D line D line coach. Uh, or just one of the, one of his assistants to, to to bring through, but establish what it is he he, he really wants. And now's the perfect time. I mean, we've been we've been always been strong on our, in our defensive in our in our secondary, and maybe that is the way to go. You just focus on on the secondary and maybe get a couple of those secondaries to to maybe play that big nickel role and really get to it. So, I mean, you've got what is it? Eric Washington has been promoted to assistant head coach, defensive yep. lineman. People aren't talking about that. But then you've got 
Bobby Babich, who I think there's loads of loads of fans of the Bush Mafia have actually come out and praised, and obviously what he's actually um, what energy's brought. Maybe he's a contender for it. You've got John Butler, who's been there for a, for a while. Mm-hmm. So you've got guys that have been in McDermott's system for a little bit. Obviously, Bob, Bobby Babich under his dad. So he's still been in and around McDermott. So there are ways around it, which really you're looking. Can they, can they make that step? And can we continue to be a top three defence? Yeah, it, it it hinges on how much pressure you can on on how you can bring with three or four guys, doesn't it? If you're sort of building yeah. from building from the secondary, which brings us to if Von Miller, Von Miller isn't available at week one, he probably shouldn't be. Even if he can be, I'd much rather he isn't because I'd rather he's available in the playoffs. And if that means yeah. he misses the first four games on PUP and let's say plus the London game, which is week five, so be it. Come back for week six. That's the Giants, if I remember rightly, uh, which would be a yeah. good game to come back. Um, which then leaves us with Rousseau, um, pass rusher AJ Epinesa, and those, those guys. I think they, they, you know, if they if they can take that step up, then that that's I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping that. Von Miller does actually make it to week five and actually can play because oh I think he will I think he'll absolutely make it to oh you want to you want him to make make it in London you mean yeah because even if if he can play great because I'll be I say I'm right behind the bench so I can (laughs) oh I think he'll make it to oh I think he'll travel to London whether he'll whether he'll play or not even if he doesn't play Um, if he doesn't play then I'll try and see if I can hook him up and bring him over to the um bring him over to the events and. Yeah, he's pretty. He's probably not going to be that busy. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, get him to pop. He'll, he'll stop by. Put his head around the door. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. the, the next burning question really is is cornerback two. Okay. Because obviously you've got Elam who's come on well in the last part of the, se- of the season. Benford, who up until his injury was actually really good as a second cornerback. Yeah, um, Dane Jackson been there for a while. Yeah, is solid. it a case that any of those who who's who's got the leg up really? It's, is he gonna? It, is he gonna? It's is open, he going it's to a, do the rotation? Yeah, it's an open. They've said it's an open competition. You got to think that if Elam doesn't get it, it it I don't think it says. I don't think he says too much for him if he's going to lose to a sixth or seventh round guys in Benford and Jackson. No disrespect to them. We love having them on the team. But he was drafted in the first round. He needs to be mm. CB2. Um, you know, he needs he needs to be the, the long-term replacement for Trey White. Trey White gets gets to a point and he's, you know, and he's going going elsewhere and they bring someone else in. I think it would be a pretty bad statement on on the Bills drafting ability if, if Elam isn't the starter week one. Yeah. I wonder if they, they've done it in a way so that he has to prove himself so that he can't hide with his A4 writing pad. You know, I, I wonder if they, they've done it so he has to go out and show it and he has to and he, and he has to have a, 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 decent, a decent year too. I hope he does. I think he will. Um, and I, I quite, I don't mind Benford or, or even Dane Jackson as, as CB2, but yeah, I really hope it's Elam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think everyone does. I mean, he, he's shown he's shown 
that he is a um he is the quarterback number two too ready yeah he had a mm. couple of mishaps but it's it, they're rookies they're always yeah. always going to have that type of um that type of person that type of player actually going out in in the world and that's why we saw it in all developments obviously russo another another one um all the all the rookies where they we actually clamber especially first rounders clamber them to go straight out but maybe mcdermott is is right maybe mcdermott knows what he's doing by actually drip feeding him in at times maybe maybe it should just be a case just shove him in <laughs> and the um the whole the whole oh yeah the whole shove them put them in if they fall they fall you know where you stand and they then they're gonna have to prove it to work but if you throw them in and they're actually solid you go right we've got we've got our guy we've got a guy opposite trey white who now should be coming back all healthy and and be and have two lockdown corners for the um for the entire season yeah, I mean, it's it would mean McDermott going against type because they do tend to want this year three process, don't they? And uh, as we, oh. as we know, he's kind of a process guy. That's kind of, that's kind of his thing. So, yeah, I, I it's still you know they he still they still put guys in 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 year two. You know, Go Davis had a very good year <coughs> two. Um, they're they're still they're still going to do it. Um, hopefully, we won't see the be- well. Perhaps we won't see the best of him until until the year after, um, which probably brings us neatly to the other side of the ball, which we'll mention our our, our star rookie. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think year two for a first round pick, you really be needing to be making more of an impact. I can understand second or third round guys maybe taking a couple of years to get it, but hmm. really for a year two guy, I think he should be he should be ready to go. I mean, the question. One other question, obviously as we say, is the safety aspect. And mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in there Christian Benford because obviously there was yes. talk. I think I think he's going to stay at, at cornerback, but yeah. there has always been talk that he'd go safety. And when you've got Hyde and Poyer injury prone, I hate word injury prone, but... After well, they're, over, they're season, both over 30 and that's what happens when you get Yeah, old. after last yeah. season with Hyde, Poyer playing with... Um, with issues, um, injury issues, and all that, and then in the last year, Damar Hamlin, he's, he's he's already got to say that he's already won just by stepping onto the field for the first game. Yeah, he is a pretty much a shoe in to get um, comeback player of the year. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. do you see do you see him? And then obviously you've got Taylor Rapp, you've got Zane Anderson. Yeah, Dean Marlowe and all that. That's my only concern on on the secondary. What to do after Hyde and Poyer? Hmm. I think it's something that may need to be addressed in the um, in the draft next year. But that's the one concern. We've got to make sure that Hyde and Poyer are pretty much wrapped up in bubble wrap. So if we go into games in the season and say by the middle of the third quarter we're up by three scores or something like that hmm. just for those two you take those yeah. out you take them out for the rest of the game and yeah. then see what these youngsters can do <clears throat> i think taylor rap pretty much is going to be the next man up 
And I think that should Poyer or Hyde go at the end of the season or go down, Taylor Rapp will be that will be that main guy on there. And that's just that's just my worry with it that there's not the depth at safety. Yeah. Not there. Because you've got question marks on so many people. Well, you talk about training camp battles, and I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily characterize this as a training camp battle, but this will be DeMar Hamlin's first time since that game, since the Bengals game, where he'll have mm. pads on and they'll be doing full contact tackling. And it's going to be really interesting. You know, he's passed every test. He's yeah. been cleared by every doctor. He's allowed to, to compete in training camp. He's, as far as everyone's concerned, he's just like everybody else now. Um, it's going to be interesting. If, if, he, if he's okay... And that's an open question because God knows how on earth any of us would even imagine going back onto a field, the amount of mental and psychological things he must have yeah. about jogging onto a field with all the feelings that that must sum up. You know, we all, we've probably all seen that clip, haven't we, from when he introduced the uh, the um, medical team for the Walter Payton Award and, and that kind of thing. It still obviously weighs very heavily upon him. But just sticking to football, if he can get back to something of the level that he was before, there's your four safeties. And they only really take four. Yeah. Don't they? So yeah. you've got people yeah, like yeah. Dean Marlowe. You you've you've got a you you've got a you've got two, three safeties. Then they're, they're gonna be practice practice squad guys. We've got former starters that are now practice squad guys mm. if DeMar Hamlin and Jake Rapp Get in, get in the team, and, and I'll make you a prediction. I think they will. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, what Benford, Elam, Hamlin, Hyde, um, Jackson, Teron Johnson, Marlowe, Poyer, Neil, Rap, White. Mm. You're looking at eleven there. So one of them potentially is on yeah. the um, on the chopping block on there. Yeah, but yeah. You could see that, and then go lower or go shorter in a different um in another category maybe linebacker yeah when we talk about yeah, Taylor rap potentially doing that type of um type of role but it and we'll talk about that later on in the um during training camp the mm. positional outlooks and we'll do a potential 53-man roster mm -hmm. towards the end but let's switch to what the what's going to be interesting as well because as much as everyone says that we've got good depth we've got some decent players on there you, there's still certain question marks on this offense a oh, yes who's going to be on the right side of the offensive line right tackle yes and right guard yes B. I'm happy with right guard. Sorry, I interrupted you, Karen. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> B, the depth behind Diggs and Davis. Yeah. And C, how are they going to use these running backs? Yeah. I mean, we've got five, four running backs plus Reggie Gillum. Yeah. In there. But, I mean, if we start with the offensive line, I mean, your left side, you're going to have Dawkins probably Ryan Bates and Mitch Morse. They're or, pretty much... or possibly McGovern or David Edwards. Or McGovern, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think I think it's I think it's a di- I think they've done interesting stuff with the guard position. Yeah. So I think that that's good. Well, let's let's put it this way then. We have we have two pretty much set in stone um offensive linemen. Yeah. Dawkins and Moss. Question is, question is now is are you who are you comfortable with? Cause, I mean, there's still question marks on Spencer Brown. The the, the coaches yes. staff love him. Yes, they You've do. Got... And they didn't draft a tackle. They didn't go right tackle in the draft either. So no, they, I think they must have got... a very good feeling about. Him. They got um, Richard um, Gareish in um, as an undrafted, and apparently he's yeah. re- he's been getting rave reviews from from scouts. For what mm. he did at Florida at um, at right tackle, but you then got your right guard and your left guard. I mean, I say you've got Connor McGovern right yeah. guard. Do you do you put Bates in who struggled at right guard as more of a left guard? Yeah, get Botka back in there, and he hasn't played for a season and a half. Long long old time. Or do you do you run? With the um, with the second round pick um, Torrance, so, so I'll 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 make you a prediction. I I really like Ryan Bates. I know Josh Allen likes Ryan Bates, Ricky, um, as he calls him. I think Ryan Bates could be a bit unlucky, and I think he could be a, a kind of odd man out. He could be the next sort of Ike Butker, like a guy who goes around because they they paid some fairly big money for, for Conor McGovern, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Seven million or so a year. I mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Edwards and McGovern as you two, as you two guards, and you've got Bates as that kind of utility line. I definitely want to keep him around, but mm. I wonder if he loses the starting job and he only, he only comes in on on injury. I wonder I mean, if they they've got there. And then I mean, another thing for Bates is that he can play centre. So yes, he can. Maybe it is a case that that on the left side you're going to have Dawkins, McGovern, Morse, and mm-hmm. then I I kind of think that um, Torrance will get that right guard position, and obviously Spencer Brown. It's, if it's, if he earns it, then 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 absolutely yeah. then absolutely. I I I think they'll they'll maybe he'll maybe Torrance not he won't start week one. Yeah, but maybe second half of the season that you know no one ever gets out of this thing completely healthy. Someone's exactly. going to get injured, and um, let's say Mitch Morse gets injured, Bates Bates comes in at, at centre, and maybe Torrance comes in at, at right guard. You know, so it's something so, something like that, or you know, m- move things around. I think they'll keep Torrance back. I don't think he'll throw the rookie in, hmm. um, but he, I, I'm I'm glad he's there. Yeah, I mean that means obviously. Say so no tackle, no tackle drafted. So it looks like Spencer Brown is going to be that guy. And let's just hope that. And he better be. Yeah, yeah. He ain't got much else, he? He's working with all these outside linebackers. So Leonard Floyd, Rousseau against them, and even Von Miller in non contact stuff to actually spark up that crowd, that, that craft. Mm. Because it's going to be interesting. I mean, they even like Nick Broker. The um the seven the six seventh round guard hmm. as well. It it that's going to be probably the interesting battle. Who's going to be the starting five? Yeah, for it. And I could see even though they brought back Bocker, I could see him being a candidate to be cut on practice squad, unless 
they try and do one of those two, but more likely Bates more mm. be your backup center. Mm. And then have Botker the swing um the swing tackle. Yeah. Or swing guard, sorry. And yeah. you're looking at probably taking nine or ten. So you probably have Bates, Brown, Dawkins, Doyle, Edwards, McGovern, Morse, O'Torrance, Quesenberry. Yeah. That's nine. And I haven't yeah. said like Botka yet. So that's ten. Let's say Botka let's say Botka's ten and they take ten. You've got Questenbury, who was fighting for a starting position a year ago, scraping into the 10. Yeah, well, he'll be the backup, he'll be the backup right tackle. He'll be the backup tackle. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. But what I guess my point is, this is a, this is a hell of a deep roster yeah. now. It's, it's a great problem to have now. We've got starters fighting for practice squad places now, former, for, you know, former starters of, of a year or two ago. Mm. It's just, yeah. You, you, you just slight slight question there about the the top end talent. Yeah, do they have enough top end? They've got a deep. They've got a very deep bench now. I don't think they have. They have, I don't think they have any holes really. Anyway, even including linebacker, I think the guy they get to be alongside Milano will be perfectly fine. I don't think they'll, they've got a weakness anywhere. You just wonder where the the top end stuff comes. Yeah, and you need you need a top end certainly offensive weapon to come through. Now, if that means Davis having his brilliant contract year, if that means Kincaid, if it means Khalil Shakir coming through, or even Trent Sherfield has had some really valuable snaps mm. in the OTAs. Um, that's, that's just my, that's my, my one lingering kind of concern. It's not really about the 53 anymore. I'm not too yeah. worried about that. I think we've got an excellent 53, one of the best 53s in the NFL. But do we have those five, six, seven players that you need mm. to really win, win the big one? Yeah, and that's where the depth comes in. I mean... No, but I don't think it does, actually. I don't no? think the depth does come in there. I think the depth that we've got is great. I just don't know how many high-ceiling guys we've got. I remember, I remember, like again, pivoting to association football. Alan Hansen always said, if you wanted to win the World Cup, you need six or seven first-class first players kind of thing. You need a brilliant goalie, you need a brilliant centre-back, you need a brilliant midfielder, you need a brilliant winger, and you need a brilliant striker. So maybe five, you know, five like excellent players. We've got Josh Allen, we've got Steph Diggs, if he comes back strong, we've got Von Miller and we've got Trey White and we've got, say, Micah Hyde. Mm. On a 53-man roster, you probably need two more. We need another offensive weapon and another guy on the offensive line, I would say. So yeah. that, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is the, the depth is not does not worry me. I think we will be injury-proof this year. We've got enough guys who can come in and, and do a job. I just worry, do we have enough top end top tier it's 40 you know it's 17 13 in the fourth quarter you need one more drive you need a guy to make a few catches for you or a guy to make a few runs for you or a guy mm. to make a sack for you on the defensive side a guy to break up a pass do we have enough of that really top end talent i'm not worried about the bottom end yeah. anymore do you know what i'm saying yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, the only the thing is, I say when when I'm when I think depth, I mean, yeah, you you're right, the production wise, because I mean, you take out if Diggs goes out injured for a couple of games, 
Yeah. You have Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Then you're really going to need one of these other guys. So Sherfield, Shakir, yeah. Harty, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shorter, whoever so they're shorter. whoever they're taking on there. I'm not going to cast um, Kincaid as a or, or Dawson Knox, even though Kincaid's classed as a wide receiver tight end. I'm not going to include them because they are under the tight end designation. I'm just talking wide receiver here. Mm-hmm. Outside Diggs and Davis, it's going to be a real... It's really going to test the production and how well these other guys actually do. I mean, Harty's probably the only one out of that list, really, who's had starting experience. Hmm. Then you've got the likes of Shakir, who, who can play both inside and out. You've got mm-hmm. Sherfield, who had a decent season with with Miami last season. I mean, you've got Justin Shorter, who who can play. I mean, you've got you've got a bunch of those wide receivers that have bring their own unique stuff to it. One guy I was looking forward to to seeing in training camp, um, not just Tyrell Shavers, but um, Isaiah Coulter, mm-hmm. six two, one hundred eighty nine. He's obviously been with the Texans. He's been with the bit. He's come onto the um, practice squad of the Bills, but he's come from Rhode Island. But he was one of the guys that year when he came out in 2020 that I actually liked and I wanted the Bills to pick up. He's got four-four speed. He's got a good vertical jump for a six-foot-two guy and. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to see how these these youngsters really come come through because the only other ones really on there that had that have had actual league game experience mm. is obviously Harty and pretty much pretty much that. I mean Marcel um, Marcel Atman's had twenty career receptions. Um, Keyshawn Johnson been since 2019 certainly had 36 um 36 receptions desmond Patton has been since 2020 he's only had four i mean shakir yeah he's had 10 but obviously last year was his rookie year and even sherfield since 2018 he's only really had 67 67 snaps and you compare that to to Gabe Davis, who pretty much came out a year later, or a couple of years later, and he's already got 118 snaps. Hmm. That's the bit. That's the only thing that concerns me about this wide receiver bit. But then, yeah. as, as people say, you've got Kincaid, who they can put as a tight end when they do their their 12 personnel, their two tight ends. Um, yeah. well, well, Knox, and you can actually have him as an outside guy. So, again, there's mix and match on there, stuff for Ken Dorsey to play around. And it's interesting that, that Dorsey himself, people said they had a down season compared to um, compared to Dable. But I'm trying to find the um, trying to find the stats there. His stats were the same, if not better. Then, um, then, then Dave were that year, mm. the year previous. 
So it's it's going to be interesting how to really see those, how to see them used. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Kincaid definitely. Yeah, I think we all are. You just go back to the um, the bowl game last year when he actually um, played against um, USC. In that dominating game, he did not drop. He was targeted all the time and he actually made receptions on every single game, every single throw in that Utah-USC um, game, in the, in the bowl game. He caught and he got... Just caught a lot, throwing throw into coverage. I think it was like 11 catches, about 200 yards. He mm. didn't drop anything, though he's going to be that weapon. And oh, God, I hope be, so. It's going to be great to see. And we know that they want to they want to run that 12 personnel. Great. You've got Diggs, you've got Knox, you've got Kincaid, you've got um, Davis. And then you've got whichever running back is on there and the good thing about this we've got at least three running backs and if you call reggie gillam as well mm. you've got four running backs <clears throat> that can actually um catch the ball yeah <clears throat> and hope, yeah. it's going to be interesting and i think the last burning question yes is, is running back yeah you gonna are you now in all in on James Cook being your number one, not one A, not one B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your number one. And how are you going to use the rest of them? Because I mean, you're going to have Harris, he's going to be your 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 bruiser, your short, yeah, short goal line distance. And even he did well a few long, long distance drives. Um you've got Naeem Himes who who can run and and catch, and you've got Latavius Murray. Yeah. You, you've got four, four running backs, really that can can elevate this offense and be do a little bit more for for Josh Allen. Mm. And I think that's what is that's what's going to be needed is to take the designed runs away from from Josh Allen. And if he has to run, we know it's because of um because he's. He has to scramble. Hmm. Well, it, it still comes back to the offensive line, though, doesn't it? It'd be nice if they yeah. could get him to, uh, yeah, buy, buy him a bit of time. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not completely all in on James Cook being the, you know, the RB one. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if they do, if they do that sort of rotation thing where they get James Cook, where they get James Cook for the sort of silky runs, and then they get Harris in for the bruising runs, and then they get Naheem Hines in for for. Bit of a bit of everything. Latavius Murray the same. Um, that could work very well. Quick question to you, and I was thinking yeah. about this, but I think you'll know more about this than me. So, a lot of talk, as you, and you mentioned it about twelve personnel and about bringing two tight ends. It sort of it, it kind of narrows the field a little bit because obviously you don't have as much yeah. length on it. Here's a question for you: twenty-two personnel. What do you reckon? If if the doors open to twelve personnel, does it open it still further for twenty two? Get a bru- get a bruise. Get let's say you get you get Co- uh, Dawson Knox and Kincaid as your two tight ends, and you say have James Cook and Harris as your two running backs with all with all the options. Then that just leaves you with Diggs as you want as you want receiver. 
I mean, it, it, it gives you the option. It gives you option. Yeah. It's something that I don't think's really used that much. But and I've just found a stat that could possibly back back the use of that up. I mean, and then we're talking about Josh Allen doing his doing checkdowns. Hmm. There's a comparison of, especially if we're going to go look at a two-two personnel with two running backs. Yeah, his. His um, checkdowns when in the shotgun is 18.3%, which ranks 32nd. Mm, when he's under center, lot. and that includes running play action, his um, running back target percentage of his checkdowns is 26.4, which is fourth. Mm, okay. So if you can get a play action where you've got Kincaid, Knox, you've got Cook, Harris, mm -hmm. and, and Stefan Diggs, if you run a play action on there, Josh is going to be successful because we know he can scramble as well if everyone's covered. Yeah. So I could see that position. I could possibly see if, if, if Ken Dorsey has listened to this. <laughs> yeah, Ken. Big, big fan of the show, I hear. Yeah, we'll try it out. If not, we'll send in this we'll send yeah. in this little um, segment. Send it all yeah. the way to um to Highmark Stadium and say for the attention of Ken Dorsey, run the two two personnel. I mean it's even, even even thing you could even do um if you wanted to and you wanted to use reggie gillum in there you could even go for a two three personnel a jumbo mm. yeah and this is where kincaid really comes in because a two three personnel or a jumbo set is three tight ends two running yeah. backs and no wide yeah. receivers yeah especially if you do that on a play action you've got kincaid who can play out wide on the line, yeah. And in the slot, you have um, you have obviously Dawson Knox, and if you want to use Reggie Gillum, use Reggie Gillum. If not, Quinton Morris, depending on how many um, tight ends you take. And then you've got Cook, Harris, Slash Hines. Mm -hmm. Again, you've got another formation for for Ken Dorsey to to try and exploit and actually um, and work on. Yeah. So. There is a lot of questions. I think, I think training camp is going to be fun from the twenty sixth when we actually get, when we get to see it and see what happens. And we'll try and I'm going to try and keep hold, keep in touch with a load of um, beat reporters and guys actually going to be watching training camp to see how how they perform. Mm. Well, Dean Kind Dean Kindig, friend of the show. Yeah, um, he's always there at training camp, isn't he? Goes and goes and stay there. It's like you know, it's like we've just had the British Grand Prix, and it's a similar thing, isn't it? People go for like the whole the whole time, and it's camp out and stuff like Glastonbury and that kind of thing as well. So, really interesting. Obviously, the the only show certain practices, don't they? They also do the secret ones, but yeah. uh, it will be interesting. I think it'll be very interesting on on what Dorsey's do, what Dorsey's gonna gonna have planned for this season. Yeah, and. Um... I did probably didn't didn't mention this at the beginning of the show, but I'm mentioning it now. We there is another segment to this this show. Actually, um, last week I spent some time talking with Trev, um, an Irish Bills fan, um, talking about his love of of the Bills, the Bills in Ireland. So obviously, give that a give that a listen because it's a great interview, and I made it a pledge to try and help build up this Irish fan base. So if there's any Irish Bills fans that listen to this or you know any of them, 
just point them to us and we'll grow it on there because I want to eventually have a meet in Ireland. Nice. Have a big group meetup in in Dublin. Let's do that. Fuck it. A Dublin Irish piss up. <laughs> so enjoy enjoy the interview. Here it is, my interview with um with Trev. And we're joined on the Red, White and Buffalo Blues by someone from across the pond, not all the way across the pond. We're going all the way to the Emerald Isles and to Ireland. And we're joined by Trev, who's from the Irish Bills Mafia. Trev, thanks for joining us on the um, on the Red, White and um, Buffalo Blues. Well, thank you very much, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. So it is. <laughs> yeah, but... What what is interesting? I mean, me and you had a little chat before before we started, and you talked about how you became a, um, a Bills fan. I mean, obviously, it was you went through a few different teams. You told you told me to actually get to the team you really like and the, probably the best team around so far, with especially with fan base and that. So, if you don't mind, let's just certainly um, letting our listeners know how how you became a um, how you became a Bills fan. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, no, as uh, I was you earlier, uh, back in the 90s, uh, we didn't have much internet or, or there wasn't much t- uh, American football on TV. So my cousins were in New York first with the move to Buffalo or moved to Denver. And I sort of started following the Denver Broncos. But then as time moved on, for whatever reasons, American football disappeared off off the Irish Emerald Isle for a while off the TV and stuff. And uh, I lost interest in it. But it was always a sport I had very much interest in. But when things caught up and the internet came back here and uh, Sky started bringing the NFL into the houses, uh, I got back into it again about three or four years ago in a big big way. So I wanted to support a team that uh, that would, you know, pick a team that would, you know, hopefully uh, have my morals and my way of thought and stuff like that that you know play hard play fair but play to win and if you do that you can do no more so I started I chose the Cleveland Browns and uh, I have you always want your team to do well but uh, it wasn't about winning or losing that's why I left the Cleveland Browns it was basically down to the Deshaun Watson signing and as we discussed earlier uh, I'm not going to go into it too much but once he signed the paper that was me gone uh, so I look for a team, and I'm from Mayo, and Mayo are a team that play GAA's Irish football, and we've got to many, many All-Ireland final, but we haven't won an All-Ireland final since 1951, and oh. we have, yes, and we have thrown away many, but uh, the Buffalo Bills just, I don't know, sounded good to me, and... Yeah. Uh, you know, they had four Super Bowls in the 90s and unfortunately they didn't cross the line. And as a Mayo fan and as a Buffalo Bill fan and as an Arsenal fan, you're always hoping to cross the line. And I'm, you, I'm a West Ham so, fan. You're taking Declan Rice off us. Oh, we are. And grateful we are. <laughs> but um, I, I like, so... I watched the game between Kansas and themselves, the 13-second game, and it 
it, it, it wasn't about winning or losing. It was about how the team was playing. And yeah. they went into Arrowhead that night and they absolutely left everything there. And it was just one of them games where it could have gone either way. And uh, I got... I just, I just said I'd have a go at, at, at trying to meet Buffalo people and get to get, get a feel. And I met a few guys on Twitter. I met friends on Twitter. And all of a sudden I said, look, at this is the, the, the team for me. So a few months, about May time, I just was one at home one day thinking, you know, I heard Bill's Mafia and I said, well, Irish Bill's Mafia has a good ring to it. And that's where that came from. No, that's, that's good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different um, countries that have got, obviously, got fan base. Some of them that are just starting up, like yourselves. There's others that have been going for a while, like like us, the UK Bills. Bills backers Italy. There are Bills backers clubs all over the all over the world. And this is what is so good about about the Bills Mafia. That there are like-minded guys that you can just sit and chat, whether it be message or on on podcast and all that just chat and love of all the bills i know that i don't know if you if you have spoken to i know the other um the other irish bill that's on there buffalo buffalo bills bills area as you told as you told it yeah i I, i've chatted with him a few times on twitter all right yeah yeah Uh, he's from the west of ireland too (laughs) but he's in a different county you got you got a little bit going on there, but it's yeah. it's always interesting to meet to meet new new people. I mean, you just get the sense of why they chose why they chose the Bills and all that. And obviously, you setting up the Irish Bills Mafia is is brand new to try and attract more fans to to the to the NFL, especially in Ireland. I don't know if you've ever managed to get tickets for i know they do a couple of college games i think notch dane come over there every so often or there's another game in this year in ireland in Dublin, yeah i think college i was up game. at the the nebraska northwestern game last year it was a good experience yeah. up at the aviva and this year now i think it's uh is this the navy and is it notre dame and the navy i think are playing but that that one was sold out you had to register for tickets last year you could buy the tickets yourself but this year yeah. you had to register and if you came out in a draw you got them so um i'm going to the buffalo game in london this year so it'll be my first ever buffalo game so awesome. i i'm <laughs> hoping to meet as many fans that, that we can over there for for the weekend and at at the tottenham stadium yeah no there'll be it'll be an amazing thing and i'm I'm always I've always been interested what obviously with the Ireland games with the college games over there how and obviously I know that there are other fan groups that are actually based in in Ireland I think Chiefs Jets have got a few in there what's the general um vibe in Ireland about um about the NFL and and is it is it like London and UK growing in in popularity or is it still down on that lower lower pole. It, it, it's growing bigger, so it is, uh, uh, and steadily. Uh, Pro Football Ireland, um, Michael McQuaid uh, and Mark Hogan and Michaela, I do listen to them every week. Um, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers have come over and they are themselves in the Jags have got the rights for Ireland for the next five yeah. years. Uh, 
and the Pittsburgh Steelers went to Crow Park, which is uh, basically the Wembley of of the UK in Ireland, and they have announced how they're going to come over and. The hope is that they play an NFL game in the next few years in Ireland. And that's that's all down to the likes of Pro Football Ireland and uh, there's IRE NFL as well, uh, as another podcast that does it, uh, that are promoting it all the time. They're, they're not fixed on any one team, but just fixed on the NFL growing in Ireland and they're promoting the college games and they're bringing in people that are have played in NFL or that have been involved in NFL uh, and putting them on their podcasts that can give it, you know, uh, let people know what it's like to be part of the NFL and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the college game last year in the Viva, it was a great atmosphere. Like there was maybe, I suppose, 10 or 15,000, maybe 20,000 uh, Americans over and then the rest of the crowd were Irish. And uh, they had the, the brass bands there and everything and it it's something we wouldn't see normally. And it was an experience that, you know, if you get the chance to go to it, go to it. And it was actually a very good game in the end as well. Yeah. I mean, did you do do the jersey spotting from the, just the Irish perspective? How many different jerseys did you see if there were ones rather than just, um, just college? Oh, like, uh, I had my Bills jersey on for the start of the day. I had t- I, I decided because of the colours, I like purple. I decided would, I had no favouritism towards any team, but I'd go for Northwestern. And uh, I wanted to get a bit of gear around the place to, to just wear in. But I had the Bills jersey on, and I met a Bills fan in Dublin. And <laughs> the first thing says you, he said, "You're the first person I've met in a Bills jersey." He said, "I thought I'd be on my own." So. <laughs> So, well, luckily, uh, luckily, no more. Lucky there's no, no, no three people from Ireland. So, but uh, there was a few Patriots, Steelers, and stuff like that. Um, like the Patriots are big in Ireland. I suppose the Tom Brady era came into the same time as um, Sky Sports were promoting it. You know, and Sky Sports have done a brilliant job promoting NFL uh, over the years. Um, but for here now, like I suppose the Patriots will be probably the biggest team in my eyes supporting. You have the Broncos have fans. You have um, the Steelers have fans. The Cowboys have fans. There's the Jets. But I suppose with the Tom Brady era, that's the team that most people, include my own brother, has decided to follow. And because of that. You need to, you need to change that. You need to change oh. that somehow. <laughs> well, he... I've given him a few pokes, but he's not biting. <laughs> Chuck him to a table, that'll do it. <laughs> and did I just see sorry, I'm watching I'm watching the tennis at the same time. I think I Murray just took a ball to the nuts. Right, no, go back. I mean, it's it's good to see. I mean, this is this what one of my aims is is going to be as as UK. I mean just trying to build the fan base on that and obviously reaching out to you guys in Ireland and help you promote it in Ireland and get and get the bills up there as well because it's an untapped potential and hopefully we can we can work and get that moving and get Ireland a bigger bills fan base and actually hopefully if they do ever bring an NFL game over maybe Bill Steelers possibly but Oh, possibly, yeah. 
Well, we'll see about that. that. <laughs> That, that, uh, that, that, that you can keep no. like we we can always keep our fingers crossed. Like that's my whole point of when I bro- created the Irish Bills Mafia is like yourselves is to get people interested in the the Bills Mafia, and yeah. to be to be honest, it's 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 not bragging because they're the team I support, but their fans are something else. They'll support mm-hmm. you and help you any way they can, and. I am there to help anyone if I can, like you are there to help anyone if you you could as well, and to promote the the Buffalo Bills. And I'd love them to come to Ireland. Now, there would have, for Irish point of view, there would have to be a bit of work, as they need to get into the market first to because I don't think what I'll be doing will be enough to get a huge amount of Buffalo Bills fans. But everyone we get is everyone extra, another one extra. But yeah. if if if. Uh, if we can help in any way to get a few extra fans, then on board, that's all the better. But the like the, the Bills have a market here in Ireland that they could tap into. Now, I know all the Steelers and the Jags have it for the next five years, but you know maybe there might be some other way of getting into it. Because um, there is a, a market to be here. Now, winning the Super Bowl, and I'm not about, I, I want to win, but I'm not about if you win or if you lose. But winning a yeah. Super Bowl or, or or getting to a Super Bowl would promote them here, and, and mm. I'm sure in England as well it would promote them. You know, the same way. So let's let's talk about let's talk about last season. Obviously, very very hit and hit and miss season. There were good times, bad times, some very times where we just want to forget anything ever happened. Some some up to me. From from your point of view, how you felt that season that season went, and what 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 you actually thought of the expectation before the season to how it how it finished. Yeah, well, at the start of last season, I watched Good Morning Football. I listened to Joe Marino, and I, I I pick out different podcasts and just listen to them to get the feel of things. And everywhere at the start of last season was, we are favourites to win the Super Bowl. In the story, no other team is going to touch us. We have X, Y, and Z. We brought in Von Miller. We're going to blow teams away. And I think in a kind of a small way, we got carried away with that, including myself. I'm, uh, like Because you... you you wanted them to win and you believed they could win. And the first game against the LA Rams, they absolutely blew them out of the water. And then you start buying into it more. And the the, the first loss, I think, last year was to the Dolphins. Was that the very hot, sun, very warm Sunday down in Miami? And yeah. it, it was a game that we should have won and probably would have won on a, a normal condition day. But the heat and and in fairness, Miami's cuteness of making Buffalo sit on the heated side, uh, I, I just think went against us. But up to the the game for me that would have tested me, my view of the season was the Kansas City game. Going back to Kansas, were we good enough to take them on this time? And on that day, we beat them fairly and squarely. And in my eyes, at that particular moment, we were on track to be a AFC champions and be go for a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then we had the we had the week by and they came back against Green Bay. And when they came back against Green Bay, the first half they blew Green Bay out of the water. And then something changed in the second half. They either changed the way they were playing offense or changed something. But they let Green Bay kind of back in the game. And mm-hmm. that to me was where the wobbles started. Yeah. And 
we did win that game, but the, in my eyes, the wobble started. Then we had the the uh, bad weather that the Cleveland game had to go to Detroit and then the had to go to Detroit again then and play Detroit. And we got the two wins, but the Detroit game, which was a brilliant game on Thanksgiving, uh, was down to Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, the last play to bring them up, up the way. And then, sadly, the game I was looking forward to most was the Cincinnati Bengals, the DeMar Hamlin thing happened. And when that yeah. happened, I'll be honest, Matt, that was the end of the season for me. Because, firstly, I, I'm only, only as a fan, uh, and watching it, I was struck for words. But watching the players, the reactions of them, the scaredness of both sides, uh, mm. the fe- fear in their eyes, uh, uh, was that lad even dead or alive? Uh, like he, he, he was, he's a young young man with healthy, the whole world at his feet. Um, and the amazing work that was done to keep him alive. And, and I have to credit Coach McDermott for the way he handled things around the pitch. He did it like, that to me showed a leader that he, he that in that, time he, he was able to you know keep I'm sure his own feelings were, were, were running through him and and he was in a bad way but he kept everyone else focused and and kept them away from it and, and protected them from it and looked after Demar Hamlin too which is more important and I didn't care then after that whether we won the Super Bowl or not I, I, I be honest hand on heart couldn't see it because even, thankfully he's okay and he's recovered but if the worst happened that was the season over on a, on a mental phase. And what them players went through that night was going to catch up with them sometime. And yeah, like we, we got through the end of the season and yes, we beat the Miami Dolphins, but it was a game that could have gone either way in Buffalo. And, and, and I'm not, no disrespect to the Dolphins, they're a good team, but we were better than that. You know, if we were playing our full team we were, and our, our full Fresh, you know, we we were better than that, and then Cincinnati came to town, and they took us and just pushed us aside, and I was happy in a way, to be honest, because it was it, it meant you could close the season and move on and start to rebuild, because it wasn't a season like I don't know how the players carried it for so many extra weeks afterwards, the the baggage yeah. of of watching what they had to watch and go through with Damar Hamlin. And then, thank God, Damar is okay. But he, like, every day at training, you were walking into it, you were going, how is Damar? That'd be in your head. And and is he okay for the first week or so afterwards? Nobody knew what was going to happen, whether he's going to come through or not. And then, I suppose the media didn't tell me that the first home game was against the Patriots, and he was supposed to be up in the stand, waving down. But then they were, couldn't see his face. So then they were saying, "Was he there? or Wasn't he there? And is he alive?" You know, you CGI, know. So conspiracy theories and all that. It's all that yeah, rubbish. yeah, rubbish. COVID was the cause of it, and all yes. that. that rubbish. That's yeah, that like like it, it. It was. I know. I know. People like to make stories and write stories because if you don't have stories, you won't have newspapers or TV or whatever. You know, but like uh, t- stuff like that, you, you should give teams space. You should give uh, them time. Like the NFL, 
didn't replay the the Cincinnati game, which was a good thing. Uh, but they also should have taken the human side of it. Now, I know it means maybe writing off the Patriots game, but at that stage, was Buffalo ever going to win the Super Bowl this on that season? Because yeah. you could, you know, like they they got themselves up and they played the Patriots and, and it was a brilliant victory. But there was so much baggage gone with it that eventually if you're a team that's burning the candle at both ends, eventually the, the candle burns out. And they were burning it at a, at a mental end from what they had to go through. And then the the and then they had the physical side of uh, going to Detroit twice with the bad weather, getting held over over Christmas, you know, with the snow. And they had all that on top of it as well. So, look, at, it was a season which uh, that started off with a lot of promising. And at the end, I, I think the main thing was DeMar Hamlin was okay. And we reboot and... Please, God, we never have to face, or no other team will have to face it, but we won't have to face that again. And going forward, yeah. you can you can just play football and see where you go. No, exactly. So let, we look forward to the up-and-coming season. Are you going in with the same expectation as you did last year? There's going to be a year, or is there a bit of... Now there's been some little rosters, mini roster changes, losses, free agent additions... Are you on the scale going up or still the same and a little bit lower on, on the scale? Where, um, where, what are you thinking on, on the up-and-coming season? I know it's obviously too early, but there's no harm in, in discussing oh, the, oh. how you feel and what you think is going to potentially happen. Oh, no, no harm at all. Like Because our, our views will change a thousand times during the year, if not more. But I think um, going forward, they, we're in the Super Bowl window. This team is in the Super Bowl window. It has been for the last two years, but last year you have to write off. And mm-hmm. I think we have about another two or three years of it. And listening to Joe Marino and listening to the, the, the signings that have been made and the, the players that have left, he reckons our team is better on paper this year than it was last year. And I think um, with Dalton Kincaid coming in a tight end, it gives us a lot, like, if he lives up to his potential, it gives us an awful lot more to play with because Dawson Knox was on his own kind of there last year. Whereas if yeah. you've got two tight ends, you can throw balls to, and both of them either can block or both of them can win ball. Uh, you have to, you're making defenses, you know, spread out a bit more than they were if they only had, look at, there's only Dawson Knox in the field. We're, we just have to watch him. Uh, Going, going into the wide receiver, uh, Gabe Davis, yes, he has to step up this year. He had a brilliant year two years ago and he wasn't really up to it last year. But again, listening to reports coming out from Buffalo, he's the, the, the hierarchy think the world of him. So they must see something in him that that is on the training pitch, just has to come into the, to, to the game day yet. And the only concern I have is sadly, is Stefan Diggs. And I hope it's a false concern because the way he exploded at the end of the game with Cincinnati last year, when he stormed out of the dressing room or tried to storm out of the dressing room at the end, and then what what happened coming back to minicamp and all that. Like, if there's an issue, I hope to clear it up. Because if, if we are in this window of 
I think we can win a Super Bowl, then we need everyone. No, you're not going to win it with, with one guy causing throwing the toys out of the pram. He has to accept that if they play the ball to him, that's, then that's fair enough. But if there's other players there that can catch the ball too, if thrown to them. And like, I hope everything is okay. I want everything to be okay. Him, himself and Josh Allen have a very good chemistry from up to, you know, up to the end of last year. They were always getting on and hopefully they can sort that out. And hopefully Coach McDermott can trust them. That's the main thing. Because listening to his reaction when he didn't turn up is a different reaction to what Josh Allen was saying there a few days ago, how he was told to go home. Because if he was told to go home, Coach McDermott would have said it the very first day I told him to go home. He didn't. So uh, I just hope that's sorted. Like, there's a few free agents on, 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 on like, that if, yes, uh, James Cook's brother is, is, is a Delvin Cook. He's, he's left Minnesota. He, I don't want to see him going to the likes of the Jets or the, the Dolphins because he's in our division. He can go to the Patriots. I wouldn't worry about them. And DeAndre Hopkins. And I think if we can get DeAndre Hopkins, if it's a possibility, I would get him. I would, uh, you'd have to do a deal with him or whatever, but I would get him for the simple reason is if, if we lose to Fon Diggs for, uh, for whatever reason, and, and it, be it injury or be it he's not happy or whatever, you need someone else that can step up to that plate and become wide receiver one. And I don't think Gabe Davis is there yet, whereas DeAndre Hopkins has proven it. And if he's if Stefan Diggs is on fire and you have DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver two, then you're winning anyway. And you'll yeah. put the fear of God into teams. So... My view this year is we're in a Super Bowl window. I think we can win it. My biggest fear in the AFC is not the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. And uh, Joe Burrow and, and crew uh, are something else. And yeah. they, they have the weapons. And we just... I'm, I, I'm not afraid if we play them that we lose. I'm just afraid if we don't play them with 100%, we could be in bother. And the Kansas City Chiefs will always be there. They're the team everyone's blown about. They're like the new Patriots. Uh, but two of the last three times we've played them, we've beat them. And the other time was a 13-second game that went to overtime. And, yeah. you know, like, so we we can we can beat them. So, like, my first thing as a Bills fan, I said it last year, is we need to be number one seed going into the playoffs. And that gives us our week rest. And if we can be number one seed, then we take the next step after that. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be an interesting year this year. I mean, second year of Ken Dorsey. Um, hopefully now with Kincaid, we can run that two tight end set that, that they love, that I know that Dorsey wants to run, Dable used to run. Um, and it opens up more more variety in the in in the package in the offensive package and all that. And the question mark now will be how can this defense um, react without Leslie Frazier and obviously McDermott um, taking it. And obviously with Von Miller out for that he says he's hopefully be back around week five, week six. Um, no Edmonds and all that. How? at least that linebacker crew really can can function and if the additions of Leonard Floyd, Puna Ford, 
Taylor Rapp in as a defensive back can really step up and actually make that defense elite again and even better than better than last year, with the exception of not of, and what's the best word actually compensating for the lack of lack of Tremaine Edwards. Yeah, like Tremaine Edwards is a huge loss, um, and to replace them, you, you're going to have to find a, a needle in a haystack. Because, like, he was a leader on the team as well. But, like, with McDermott calling the defensive coach coaching plays, he will have to, you know, make us more ruthless as a defence. And, like, uh, if Ed Oliver can stay fit, like, the first game against the LA Rams last year, Ed Oliver destroyed their uh, line. And, and, he got injured near the end of the game and I don't think he ever his season ever recovered after that. But if we can keep him fit and he can get back to that and Von Miller can come back, uh, uh, like Von Miller, you don't need to, to talk about him as in what he can do. Everyone knows what he can do. He can just get to the quarterback or he can make plays that makes the quarterback off go offline or whatever. And like, uh, the, there's, there's big seasons too for Diano Dawkins, David Cressenberry, Kyrie Elam, Matt Milano. Like Matt Milano had a great season last year, and he needs just to step it on another bit now. Safeties then with Hyde and Poyer. If both of them can stay fit, you know, yeah. and bring the form of two years ago, that'll make an awful difference too. To, you know, to to our team. Yeah. But I think it's going to be an interesting, an interesting season for sure, and obviously that that typifies with the with the London game on there. Um, just so what I, what I want to do, and everyone listening, please just give give Trev, give the Irish Bills Mafia a follow and all that. Trev, you said you do a YouTube, um, you do a YouTube um, video channel. Just give just give the listeners a bit of a taste on on what you actually do on those videos and where they can actually find it because we need to grow the Irish um, the Irish fan base and Trev is one of the guys that we're behind and we're actually trying we're going to want to push and get this Irish Bills Mafia as big as the UK um, the UK Bills so Trev if you if you don't mind just talking about what your your YouTube channel. No bother, thank you. Uh, my YouTube channel is Irish Bills Mafia 6796. And what I do on it is, at the minute, I'm, with with there not a lot being happening, as in transfer-wise, trade-wise, and, and it's getting ready for pre-season, I'm going through the divisions, the eight divisions, and giving my thoughts on, uh, I've done the NFC West last uh, Tuesday, and I've done the a- in AFC West tonight. Um my thoughts on the season coming coming along. And I talk about all things Bills, uh, my thoughts on different players, different games, as the games go by, like yourselves, just giving a review of what's, what's happening and stuff and looking forward to the next game. And I have places for comments if people want to give comments or if uh, I'll reply to them all. If it's good or negative, I don't care. It's just if someone wants me to change something. I do two 10-minute videos roughly a week now. Uh, they're about 14 minutes long this week because I'm going in, into a bit of depth into the NFC West and the AFC West, and I will be for the next few weeks. 
Uh, I'm not talking about who's going to win the Super Bowl or who isn't. Now, I'm going to do the eight divisions first and then I'll talk about the playoffs again. And by that stage, then we'll be back into pre-season and we'll be ready to go hell for leather for the Bills. Carry on. And my Twitter page, if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, and again, I got two Twitter pages. It's, always, it's just about promoting the Irish Bills Mafia, but it's uh, Bills underscore Irish is one, and Trev M76 is the other. And on Instagram, I'm Irish Bills Mafia 23. And that's everywhere you'll find me. Awesome. So, so Bills Mafia, if you listen to this, get on, follow Trev. Help him with his YouTube channel, get involved. We want to build this Irish community up. Obviously, there are a couple of Irish bills already on Twitter, so follow them as well. Let's get this fan base up. I mean, Trev, I listen to his his YouTube videos, and they are they are good. So trust me, this guy knows what he's talking about. So definitely give him a follow. Follow him on the socials interact with them and let's just grow this fan base like we can and obviously if you see him in london buy him a pint he's irish he's like <laughs> buy, buy him a pint <laughs> just don't get uh, uh, the game that'd be uh that'd be bad but if you see him I'll give him a high follow follow him and let's just promote and get this irish um the irish bills mafia up and running so trev all I can say is thank you ever so much for, for coming on the show, talking about the Bills, why you support them, and we'll try and get you, um, try and get back on, and we'll work together to grow this um, to grow this fan base. So, Trev, thank you ever so much for, for coming, on, coming on the show. Thanks a million, Matt, for having me. It's a real pleasure, and I, I, I'm delighted to be talking to a Bills fan. And that was Trev there uh, from the Irish Bills Mafia. Obviously, follow his YouTube. He does it pretty much weekly. You can find him on there at um, Irish Bills Mafia. You can find him on, on Twitter at um, Bills Ireland or Bills Irish. And also see him as, on his personal one as Trev M76. It's interesting. It's an interesting chat. And as I said on that show, I've said to you, Robin, before we mm. came on the show, that what I'm now aiming to do, and this is where I want anyone in the UK, Bill's fans in the UK, to let me know where you're from, because I want to try and put a watch party and a get a Bill's Backers pub in most of the main cities in the UK. That's my aim. We've already got London. We've got Manchester. So... For example, Newcastle, Wales, or Cardiff, Bristol, Nottingham, anywhere on there. So on Facebook, there is a post um, somewhere on there. I might pin it that asks you from where you're from. Just put down where you're from on there. We'll calculate it. We'll try and fit the best um, the best plan and try and find the best area. Um, so, yeah. Join in, support Trev, support the UK Bills at um, UK underscore Bills on Twitter, RWBB underscore podcast on Twitter, UK Bills on, on Instagram, Buffalo Bills UK 
on Facebook and obviously Robin, Matt and myself on our socials. And all left to say is for Robin, it's Matt saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for tuning in and let's go Buffalo Bills. Go yeah, Bills. Anything about work? You know anything about work? Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.